Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Roger, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all of our work at texasfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTF. If you're not already, please subscribe, texasfootball.com slash subscribe. As always, we got Ishmael Johnson in the house. Well, I guess I guess in a different house uh, today. You know, we are obviously uh, all isolated, all quarantined, all working from home. Uh, I'm in beautiful Las Colinas, Texas, home of both of us. Usually, Ish, you're uh, you're out in Manor. I'm um, in Leander, actually. Oh, in Leander. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. come up. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's been a weird time. <laughs> I know that this is our yeah. first time doing a show in about three weeks i think uh two weeks ago you know we were trying to plan but you had to hurry and get to the uil state championships the basketball championships um mm-hmm. yeah now we're here <laughs> <laughs> now we're yeah exactly now we're in a, a low budget version uh, my mic is of course still in dallas so i'm using my iphone so you know this can uh <laughs> can compare probably not a not too much of a competition but yeah yeah well and and i'll tell you what i mean i'm i'm here i do have my mic but you know because software is software and everything kind of happens at the worst times audacity doesn't Mm -hmm. work so i'm recording in garage band so uh you know if you got something to say about the audio you know what you can keep it to yourself (laughs) so anyway uh man have you been surviving this i mean it's been what i guess uh like two weeks since we've seen each other (laughs) yeah i mean geez uh a lot of catching up on shows that I thought I would never ever get around to. <laughs> um, honestly, it's basically been it. I mean, just like trying to find something to not watch the news every oh yeah, you know, hour or something like that, or try to stay off Twitter as much as possible yeah. too. Um, only so much we can do, obviously, with our jobs though. That you know, what especially now like there's only so much we can do offline right. so it's kind of hard to <laughs> not pay attention to stuff like that but yeah yeah no doubt trying to do the best we can no doubt well i mean well we uh me and my wife started this is us uh it is definitely a tearjerker mm-hmm. took us only until episode nine before we cried so you know there's that there's that <laughs> <laughs> it lives up to the hype <laughs> so yeah anyway we wanted to take our minds off of all this stuff. Uh, I know that everybody listening wants to take their mind off of everything that's going on right now in the world. Um, so look, here's what we're going to do, all right? We have a uh, – we decided to plan a draft, okay? So the 2010s are officially over. Every team that's ever going to play in the 2010s has officially happened. That's done and all well with. Um, <laughs> so what we're going to do, right, we're going to go and we're going to draft our favorite teams from the 2010s. Now, these can be the best teams. You know, that's probably the main way that we're going to pick. These can be our favorite teams. Mm-hmm. These can be our most meaningful teams. Whatever. We're going to go four rounds. We're each going to have a pick. Uh, and the the only real catch is that you pick one school one year, right? So you pick, like, mm-hmm. and I was giving the example offline. You know, if we were drafting 2000s, you can pick 2005 Texas. You don't also get 2009. You pick just one team. Right. Um, right. And the other thing, too, just to kind of make this a little bit more interesting, is that you can't pick a school more than once. So once you pick 2005 Texas, Ish can't go and pick 2009, uh, you know, Texas to try to get Colt McCoy, too. Right. got to pick one. Right. Uh, I think that's going to make it a lot more fun, personally. But, uh, you know, look, we've never really done this before. We're going to have to see how it goes, <laughs> obviously. Um, okay, look, since I was the one who kind of set this up, Ish, you can pick first. Okay, cool. Oh man, jeez, that's, that's a lot of pressure. I know, now. I know, I didn't um, have to pick it. <laughs> jeez, okay. I think I have three. It's it's three different teams from three different schools in mind. Okay. 
and good God, I'm going to go with 2012 a Ah, that was going to be my first pick. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, so I mean, for me, I mean, that was the, the year, yeah. right? Um, that was the, the start of Johnny football and everything. And it was his Heisman campaign. 3,700 yards passing, 1,400 yards rushing, no 21 touchdowns rushing. Like, it was it was insane. Um, they go into Tuscaloosa. He beats Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Like, absolutely lights the world on fire. And, oh, by the way, that's right. They had Mike Evans, a wide receiver. <laughs> Ryan Swope was one of the best uh, number twos at, at the time. Oh, yeah. um, no doubt. Uh, yeah, it was. It was and, then, and then that was, uh, looking up the numbers, like, that was a, a lot of people don't remember that defense. Yeah. And yeah. the defense was 13th in defensive S&P. I didn't realize they were that good. Was, they were really good. And the offense was 6th. And so I think, I mean, combining everything, I think that's, there's a legitimate case that that was not easily, but definitely in contention for one of the best teams of that decade. Yeah. Easily. Oh, oh, no question. I mean, when you look at the teams that didn't win a title, too, because what was it? I think that they lost against Florida uh, early in the years. In Auburn. Yeah. and And so, like... Look, <laughs> that's a pretty good stretch, you know, to be able to go through yeah. and do that. I mean, they were, uh, yeah. No, sorry, they beat Auburn. It was uh, LSU and Florida. Uh, yeah. that, that, that's right, because they hadn't beaten LSU until, uh, until obviously, right. that seven-overtime game. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's a very good mm-hmm. argument that this is the best Texas team of the 2010s. And, I mean, look, they left, the SC, uh, they left for the SEC, obviously. They go and still beat Oklahoma, which is something that they didn't do very often. Um, no, I mean, I think that this is very much the right number one pick. Oh, man. Ugh. Didn't, didn't know if it was going to be first off the board, but it backfired. Yeah, yeah, it really did. Okay, this is, uh, it gets interesting after this, right? Like, I think that, I think that yeah. A&M is probably the strongest pick. Um, you know, whew, a lot of different directions you can go with this. So I'm going to go with the team that I think, other than 2012 A&M, was the best team over the 2010s. That's 2014 mm-hmm. TCU. I, yeah, I think, uh, look, obviously I was in attendance for that, you know, for that Baylor TCU game that ultimately, you know, in a lot of ways, screwed TCU out of playing for a national championship. And I think that you can argue mm-hmm. definitely screwed Baylor out of winning a national championship later. Like, but 2014 TCU was so complete because, yeah. you know, Sonny Cumbie and Doug Meacham come in. They turn Trevon Boykin into, like, this crazy passer, which none of us expected, obviously. Um, you know, and then defensively, I mean, Paul Dawson, Marcus Mallett. I mean, you have just so many, you know, high-level players. Not a ton of them played in the NFL, but that really doesn't matter to me, um, you know, because, right. like, their linebacker core at that point was insane, just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, they could beat you anywhere on the field. They could beat you in the running game. They could beat you with the passing game. Josh Doxson, one of the best receivers of the past, you know, decade at least uh, in, in college mm-hmm. football. I mean, I think that they are just a completely complete team. And to me, they're my first pick. Yeah, no, I mean, there's really much. I, I think that those are the, uh, that was the best of the TCU teams. Definitely. And uh, like, you, like you mentioned, um and honestly, coming from you, that's a, that's a lot of high praise picking <laughs> picking that TCU team over any of the Baylor teams. Uh, I think they were the but, best. Uh, I think that I think that if they had yeah. made the playoff, look, Ohio State made the playoff, won the national title. I'm mm-hmm. certainly not trying to say that they didn't deserve to be there because I think that all those teams had a real case to be there. But I think that TCU yeah. could have done the same thing if they had been the four seed. But we'll ne- we'll oh, never sure. know. For we'll sure. never know. <laughs> yeah, we'll ne- exactly. We'll never know. Um, hmm. All right. 
So I guess my neck, golly, this is a lot. This is really hard. It is. I'm gonna go with 2010 TCU. You you can't. I'm you gonna can't go with the Rose up, Remember, you can't. Oh, up. oh, oh, we can't pick teams yeah. from. So TCU's off the board. TCU's okay, the okay, board. sorry. TCU's so that board. was okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So I'll go. Good, good 2014 choice, Baylor. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> 2014 Baylor. Then. All right, all right. It's a good um, choice. So, so this was the uh, the Bryce Petty experience. Yep. Um, and they had a lo- I mean, loaded wide receiver core, Corey Coleman, Katie Cannon, ridiculous. Uh, Antoine Godley, like absolutely ridiculous. Arguably, I mean, probably the top running back in the state at the, during the decade, probably. Yeah. Shock Linwood, yeah. maybe. Yeah. He's, he's very underrated. Like, yeah. I mean, like Ed, when you talk, when you talk about running backs of the 2010s in the state, I mean, Shock Linwood's, I mean, he absolutely explosive. Um, Johnny Jefferson uh, spelling him it sometimes. Um, that was also the highest defensive, uh, the best defensive team of those Baylor teams as well. Twenty first in defensive S and P, um, which is always an interesting uh, talking point when people talk about those TCU and Baylor teams because obviously that was the peak of Big Twelve doesn't play right. any defense. Even though, even though like having a top twenty defense going against those offenses oh week in God. week out yeah. should spar should say a lot. But of course, you know. Uh, people just kind of throw that out there because they gave up 40 points or whatever so they think it's a bad defense um but yeah so i mean obviously bryce hager uh your favorite player right oh man Um, he's awesome (laughs) that dude rules (laughs) (laughs) bryce bryce hager obviously one of the leaders at defense uh sean oakman as well um i mean that that was that was probably the most complete baylor team i'm curious about your opinion on that yeah i you know what's funny is I was actually trying to consider which team I was going to put as sort of my Baylor pick, right? Um, yeah. I ended up putting 2013 Baylor because okay. uh, now 2014 Baylor was probably a better team. Now, my real hot take is that 2015 Baylor, if Seth Russell stays healthy, is the best of all of them. We never get to obviously probably that. Probably so, probably so. Um, but but yeah. 2013 Baylor, you know, they were very experienced. Uh, 2014 Baylor was more talented, I'd say, but 2013 Baylor on defense was, I think, a lot more experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. get the big thing that you get, obviously, with 2013 Baylor is you get Lake Seastrunk. That, that's one of the, the chunk yeah. cards that you get in 2013. 2014 Baylor is probably ultimately the best of the group, but... Uh, Man, <laughs> there's some good teams to choose. Yeah, from. look, at, I was looking up. Yeah, I was looking at 2015 Baylor, and they're they're they were third in offensive S and P plus, 44th on defense. Yeah. But I mean, and that was juggling both Stidham and Russell at the time, obviously. Um, and Chris and Johnson. then having to obviously play. Right, exactly. Chris, <laughs> and then obviously having to play Lynx Hawthorne for a game too. And so they well. were still third in the nation. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. And so that that's yeah, it, like you said, if that if that team stays healthy, that's probably easily the best uh, of all of all the Baylor yeah. teams. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, if you're gonna just steal Baylor from under my my uh, you know my whatever, I, I mean, under my nose, that's the phrase I'm looking for. Then you know, I I respect it. I respect <laughs> it. All right. Where do we go next? Oh, this is tough because I think that. I think that those three teams kind of stood above everybody else. You know, those were the three real right. national teams. And those, and honestly, the three programs probably, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, for sure. I think that if you look at the 2010s, you know, Baylor and TCU, and, and then obviously A&M with a couple of really, really big seasons, I think, stand above everybody else. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, we'll, we'll obviously talk about this later, but, like, it is interesting kind of looking at the other, you know, some of the big programs in this state. It's hard to mm-hmm. pick a team, you know? Like, it's hard to be, like... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, we'll, we'll probably talk about them later. But, like, with Texas, I mean, 
I guess you're talking about Sam Ellinger 2018 Texas. Like that's probably I, I don't know. It, it's right. just kind of weird it, to, to look at. But I'm not gonna yeah, go. With, it's it's yeah, it's tough. It, I'm not gonna go with any of those teams. Actually, I do think that there is a no-brainer left on the board. Uh, it is a Tom Herman coach team. It's not the one at Texas though. 2015 mm-hmm. Houston. Now, yeah, yeah, yep. I did definitely consider going 2011 Houston, which uh, which was a Kevin mm-hmm. Sumlin coach team, another 13 and one team. But man, that 15 Houston team was insane. Like that team, <sighs> so much. Fun. That team is one of the few Group of Five teams since we really even moved to a BCS structure that really, really, really could have played for a national championship. Like sure. they they go out, they you know they win all these big games. They beat Florida State to end the year. Like it, they are a legit. Not they're not good for Houston or good for the American. They were a good freaking team, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously that kind of started something with the you know with what tom herman was able to do there they bring in ed oliver the next year it's a real setup year for them um but you know that that 15 houston team i think really goes down as as one of the best teams to play in the state the last decade no easily i mean i it it when you when you consider tom herman's trajectory as well at that time like he was looked at as like the no-brainer power five whoever hires this guy and obviously his tenure as texas still still to be determined but it was at that point it was like oh man look what he's doing at houston immediately in this new system defensively they're awesome as well like he's recruiting like he was hitting all the all the points where you were everybody was just checking off this guy as like surefire um, probably future top 10 to 5 head coach in power right. five, at the Power 5. Well, level. and the funny thing about it is, like, the next year, he goes 9-3, mm-hmm. and three, and nobody says anything about that because he has so much cash right. up from this 2015 season. Right, right. And it wasn't a bad year, no. but it was still like, oh, man, it was kind of a letdown. Not, right. not too much. We all but thought like, that they were like, going to oh, be UCF. You know, we all thought that they were going right. to be didn't they? Didn't they, like, start off the year? They beat Oklahoma. I who they beat it. Yeah, they beat Oklahoma at the beginning of the year, so it was like, uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, look, that 2015 team, I think, definitely goes down as as one of the best in the States. Yeah, easily. All right. Mm. All right, I I don't think I have to think twice about this one. Um, Or do I? Jeez, now I'm second-guessing myself. (laughs) Um, No, I'm going to go 2018 Texas. Okay, okay. Uh, 2018 Texas, uh, 27th in offensive S&P plus, uh, 44th in defensive. Uh, I think that was kind of definitely a, a tale of two halves for that team sure. and for specifically for that defense. Um, defense kind of, I don't say fell off, but definitely weren't as, as great um, toward the end of the year. And a lot of that had to do with um, Caden Stearns getting hurt and things like that. But they did it in the year with a big win over a really good Georgia team in the Sugar Bowl. Um, they played Oklahoma they beat Oklahoma once lost to him in the title game um that was kind of the uh, 2019 was Sam Ellinger's probably true breakout but 2018 was definitely him stepping up and proving that he could be a top quarterback in the country um and probably cementing himself as Texas I mean pretty easily Texas is the best quarterback of this decade oh yeah um, oh yeah but that but that was but that was definitely like the moment where he was like oh this guy's a cut above because his freshman year you know you saw the mistakes you saw like you, you saw kind of a gamer factor in him but it was still like all right if you can cut down the turnovers so a lot of caveats to it and 2018 was definitely like oh no th- this guy has his has the job and there's no right well and that's i think the biggest compliment that you can give him is that you know after his freshman year like you mentioned you know a little all over the place like you saw the flashes you saw the downsides Tw- 2018 mm-hmm. was really the year where it was like this guy's going to be a four-year starter and it's not going to right, be in question right. you know i mean 
Heck, I, I remember people, you know, even to a certain extent before that year being like, could one of these freshmen come in and, you know, cause some issues? Right, and and like, right. you know, 2018 and obviously into 2019, too. But 2018 was like, no, this is not happening. You know, this is not. This is yeah, not close. yeah, we're not having this conversation. So, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think that if nothing else, man, like, you know, it had been since. 2009 since they had a 10 win season it had been since 2009 since they had a 3,000 yard passer I mean you just go down and down and down the list I mean I I think that just what they did was incredible um you know it is interesting I honestly didn't consider taking Texas that hard I I mean they were a good team uh I don't know I just think that there's more fun teams for me they probably are they probably are I was going more off of like you know uh, probably Direct, direct on field comparison. For sure, for sure. Probably like actually lining these teams up, probably. For sure, for sure. Okay. Uh, you know, I do say that, and honestly, oof, figuring out where to go next is tough. I actually am between, yeah. <laughs> I'm between three teams right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to go 2019 SMU. I yeah. think. That was the other, that was, it was between them and Texas. Yeah. For me. I, look, you look at what SMU has gone through for literally the past 30 years. I guess yeah. it's 40 years at this point. Oh, my God. We're in the 2020s. <laughs> you know, I mean, they hadn't won 10 games since 84, I want to say. Like, it had been that mm-hmm. long since they had fielded that level of team. And, and look, obviously, there's a difference between doing it in the Southwest Conference versus doing it in the American. But, like, they had to beat a lot of really good teams to get there. You know, they had to beat TCU. Right. Like, they had to beat, obviously, you know, the, the teams that they had to play, they had to play the Houstons. They had to play, you know, that level of team, and they managed to handle things. You know, their their loss was obviously to Memphis. That kind of derailed things, and Memphis was one of the best teams in the country this season. And then they lose on the road at Navy, which is a perfectly reasonable loss. Like, I think that this was one of the most complete teams that they've had. This reminds me, actually, in a funny way, a lot of that 2013 Baylor team, just because they had so much experience on defense, and it was kind of just a culmination year. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and obviously, look, I I will pat myself on the back forever for my, uh, you know, my prediction in the 2019 magazine, because, you know, we always ask every year, what's a story that nobody's talking about that's going to become a story? And I was like, I think SMU might have something there. So yeah, uh, I yeah. will forever take credit for that. And um, and look, I, I think that obviously we'll see whether they can keep this going forward. Um, you know, I think that's going to be a big thing about the legacy of this 2019 team is whether it turns into something or whether it's just kind of a thing that happened. But, um, mm-hmm. but man, what, <laughs> when you're talking about 35 years between 10 win seasons, I think that I think that 2019 SMU belongs on this list. For sure. For sure. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> now comes the hard part. Yep. <sighs> Cause there's, I feel like there's a, a, a an obvious choice for sure. me, but I don't know if I want to go there because I feel like there's like an underrated choice right below that for me. I think that we're talking about the same choices. So I'm curious where you go. Oh God. I'm gonna go. Oh my gosh, I do not know. I think I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go 2018 North Texas. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm curious what your last pick is, but I mean, obviously that was the team. That was the team that. I mean, unfortunately, was the pinnacle of of, you know Seth Luttrell and Mason Fine's tenure together. Um, 
it was a gradually a, a substantially improved defense from the year from 2017 which was kind of their first off point um but obviously they go into i believe that was the arkansas win as well they go into yep. they go into arkansas obviously not a very good arkansas but still they could arkansas it's still arkansas come out with a win you know? right it's still yeah you're still going into you're still going into uh uh, uh brian denny is it brian denny? No, no, no not brian denny um, uh reynolds. Del- yeah reynolds reynolds Reynolds, and so you're coming out, uh, coming out with a win, dominating win. Um, they beat SMU, who was not at the level we saw last year, but still not terrible at that well, time. The, the, the uh, funny SMU thing about still... it is that if they don't beat SMU, SMU makes a bowl game. <laughs> like they kept them out of a bowl game. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, but they were obviously still getting yeah. their getting their feet wet under uh, Sonny Dykes. Um, and I mean. It was just Mason Fine just showing what he could do. Yeah. And that that team was just so much fun. The defense was so much better than the year before. And it was it's so unfortunate that we never got to see them or that they were so uh, experienced at that time because they just fell off a cliff in 2019 and just did not have anything to support. But, I mean, Mason Fine putting up nearly 3,800 yards, um, unfortunately getting hurt and then kind of ruining the bowl game and then the, their, kind of their whole second half of the season, I would say. Um with just inconsistent performances, but I think the peaks of that season, um, starting off 4-0 and really, really getting that thing going, um, was just a lot of fun, and I think I'm, I don't want to overthink it, uh, so I'm just going to go with that. Yeah, honestly, uh, you know, the funny stat about them is always going to be that they had double-digit leads in every single game that they lost in the regular season, and that's going to be something that mm-hmm. we look back on, and we're like, this sucks. <laughs> this yeah, really, yeah. really sucks that uh, that they didn't come out with a conference USA title, but I, I agree, this is to me, their best team. I mean, we can ask Ashley Pickle about it uh, later and see what her, you know, her pick for the best team was. But I think that, yeah. I think that this was the moment. Regardless, you know, I know that obviously they made the conference title game, uh, what the year before that, right? But, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I still think that this was a better team overall. Uh, I think that they had the moments that we're going to remember forever with that SMU win and with that Arkansas win, like. I, I just think it's a fantastic team, and I, I think that that's absolutely the yeah. right pick. Okay, so the pick that I'm going to go here, to me, absolutely the right choice. Absolute, like, no-brainer right choice. It's not going to get me any votes if, uh, if we put this up to a poll, but it's the right choice. 2013 Rice, 10 wins. Yes! 10 okay, wins. That, that, was, that was the other yeah. team. That was the other they team. They <laughs> won freaking Conference USA. They won freaking yep. 10 games. David Bailiff is a god forever in this state over <laughs> doing that. Like, obviously, he's got plenty of other stuff. Taylor McCarty, yeah. man. Oh, my God. I like Dreyfus Jackson man like like what they had at quarterback there I, I mean because the, the two years that he was the main starter they won 10 and 8 games like, that's crazy you know at Rice yeah. like it's really really hard to win at Rice as we've obviously seen over basically you know the past 40 years uh, I mean it, this was a really good team this was a complete team uh, this was sort of the again the team that really put Rice on the map again um, you know if we ever go through realignment again this is going to be one of those teams that kind of keeps them up at the, you know that proves hey they can compete beat at this level uh again mm-hmm. I, I just felt like that one was a no-brainer so uh again yeah. might not get me a whole lot of votes if we put this up to a vote uh, like but pick. uh but you know what i i gotta go with the right choice okay so yeah so yeah i wanted to go ahead no go ahead go ahead oh, okay so i wanted to i wanted to say so uh, yeah rice was on my list that that rice team uh 2017 utsa was also okay. on my list because that was the one group of five team that had 34th defensive smp plus wow. 34th in the nation they finished uh it was kind of a quote-unquote letdown for that for that team based on what they did the year before winning seven games or uh uh, six games they they made the bowl game um 
And in 2017, I believe they missed out on a bowl game despite going six and five. Uh, but they were still that was Pete Golding's last year as a defensive coordinator before he got plucked away to Alabama. Um, that was one team that I wanted to bring up. Uh, the other team I wanted to bring up that did not make a bowl game, but 2016 Texas Tech. Crazy. Um, Crazy. I mean, insane. Uh, that was the Pat Mahomes, of course, explosion year. Surprisingly, despite missing a bowl game, um, unlike unlike 2015, all the metrics were better in 2016. The defense was actually better. I, I, uh, the op- I might be remembering wrong, but wasn't 2016 the year they made a bowl and 2015 was the year they missed a bowl? No, 2015 they went seven and six. Okay, okay. Uh, they pl- they played in the Texas Bowl, and then 2016 was uh, five and seven. Pat Mahomes threw for five thousand yards. Didn't oh, matter because they just yeah. But surprisingly, their defense was actually better that year. Um, I think they just ran up against. I mean, that was obviously the the Baker Mayfield show and all that stuff in Oklahoma. Um, but yeah, so that was another team I wanted to I wanted to kind of throw a quick shout out to because obviously they're going to get lost in history out. Um, but obviously the Pat Mahomes year was just insane, and that offense I believe was still, I think number eleven in offense, um, despite everything happening, um, and SMP plus. So yeah. That was the one throw a little quick shout out to. All right, well, I'm just gonna uh, for my honorable mention, I'm just gonna toss two names at you. All right, Aaron Jones and Jamil Showers, seven wins at Utah, 2014. uh, (laughs) When we thought that maybe Sean Kugler had a little something something, and it turns out his something something was just Aaron Jones and Jamil Showers. Uh, (laughs) Which which other teams did you really? Was it really hard for you to I guess leave off? Because like again, we could only pick one. You mentioned 2010 TCU, obviously. yeah, tw- man, 2010 TCU was like, I mean, obviously people remember Andy Dalton, but obviously the, the, that, that defense was also peak Gary Patterson, four two five. 2 They go and show what they're made of because they're coming from the Mountain West, so I know everyone's like, oh, what's this TCU right. team doing here? And they go and show what they're made of against Wisconsin, against a very good Wisconsin team. I forgot who exactly was on that Wisconsin team. Um, let me see. I have it right here. Uh, Scott Tolshin was yeah. on there. Monty Ball, John Clay, like Monty that was Ball. a peak. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. James White was on there. Like that was a really, really good Wisconsin team. Right. Nick Toon at wide receiver, um, and yeah, and they go toe to toe with them and beat them basically at their own at their own game. A 21-19 win in the Rose Bowl. Um, they had wins over number six Utah that year, forty-seven to seven. They beat Utah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it was it was just so impressive. Um, and then they go, then they also they have a win over a a solid Baylor team. Obviously, it wasn't peak Baylor, but uh, forty five to ten over a seven and uh, eventually seven and six Baylor team. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean that that was just that was kind of the ushering in of oh, Gary Patterson's a really good coach, and <laughs> T knows that he's doing a TCU. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 no doubt. So for me. Again, picking a Baylor team was pretty hard because they had a they had a really really good decade. Obviously, I mean, I yeah. think that you could have made a pretty decent argument for the 2019 team. Obviously, that went to the Sugar Bowl. Absolutely. Um, you know, in terms of the teams that weren't necessarily conference title caliber, I mean, 2011 Baylor. Like, obviously, they're mm. not one of those teams that's gonna. You know, we're not talking about them going on the field and obviously beating some of the other teams that we talked about. But like, it's sure. RG three Heisman year. They win 10 games for mm-hmm. again the first time in forever um you you know a fairly experienced defense are kind of able to do enough obviously um and then you look at obviously the nfl talent on that team i mean it's insane and uh and and, Mm -hmm. you know you mentioned they opened that year with a 50 48 win over tcu and that's kind of the the launching point for what they're able to do uh let's see what which other ones i mean uh 
uh, you can go. You can go the year after the the uh, Johnny's uh, year yeah, after his high year twenty thirteen. Sure. Um, yeah, and so obviously that was one of the probably one of the best games I've ever seen against Oklahoma, uh, against uh, Alabama to open the year, yeah. um, or not to open the year, but um, midway. Yeah, uh, yeah, midway through when they hosted him in Kyle Field. Um, honestly. So the one that surprisingly ranked pretty well was 2014 A&M. Yeah. That was the Kenny Neal, Kyle, Kyle Allen year. Uh, eighth in offensive S&P Plus, 61st in defense. But still, like that was like a pretty pretty solid team that I think rates out higher than a lot of people remember. Yeah, yeah. No, no question. And again, I mentioned 2011 uh, Houston. Was That, uh, that was mm-hmm. still Keenum, right, at that point? I'm... I think so. I think 20, Keenum. I, mean, I, I think that was Keenum right senior I'm pretty year. sure that was still Keenum. Yeah, because that was, that was the the year that got Kevin Sumlin the A&M job. Um, right. You know, North Texas. Yeah, that was uh, North Texas, again, uh, earlier in the decade, I think it was 2012, had a Dan McCartney nine-win season. You know, but that was that was a little mm-hmm. bit more of an outlier than than sort of a, a rule. Um, <laughs> again, I mean, TCU's had a, had several really high-level teams. Um, I mean, obviously, they were 11-3 and three and played against Stanford in the, you know, in the Alamo Bowl not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, one thing that is kind of funny, and I mean, I don't know what this says about where we're at right now as Texas football, is how many of these best teams are from the first half of the decade. Uh, You know, that's Mm because, I mean, you're talking about 2018 Texas, you're talking about 2019 SMU, but like out of our picks, uh, in 2018 UNT, but obviously they're not in a good spot right now, but out of our picks, you know, we got 12 A&M, 14 TCU, 14 Baylor, 15 Houston, 13 Rice. Like there's not a whole lot of teams right now that are uh, that are kind of rolling, and and I think, you know, we talked a lot about how mediocre 2019 was for everybody. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, how disappointing. I, really, really, when you look at it, it was Baylor and SMU, and other than that, yeah. I don't know. It, you know, Texas was fine, and A and M wasn't a bad team. They just had a bad schedule, but like, you know, it wasn't a standout year for them by any means. Um, now right. heading into the 2020s. Texas should have a really good 2020. A&M should have a really good 2020. SMU, Baylor, you know, hopefully TCU. Like, they should all be pretty good right now. Um, that's kind of the hope, obviously. But, mm-hmm. man, it, <laughs> I, I think that obviously you look at – there's a million factors that kind of go into why coaching football in Texas, I think, in the late 2010s is harder than the early 2010s. Not, not to even mention UTSA and Texas State becoming programs uh, at, at this right, level. Right, right. But it's still a little concerning to, to look at all that and, and be like, we don't really have a national title contender right now. We don't have a conference t- uh, title winner in a couple of years. Like, it's, it's a little bit disappointing for, to me, the best football state in the country. No, for sure. I mean, and when you consider when you consider where they were, you know, let's take this back to yeah, 2010, yeah. right? It was like, oh, Texas, you know, we're gonna, they're, they're still on the right track. They're they were still in a national title game uh, in the decade. Right, uh, TCU is right there. They start off the decade really well. Um, uh, Baylor, we saw Baylor creeping up at that point to to being what they eventually were in the, around the decade. Um, and yeah, now considering where things are, and even I mean, uh, A and M too. A and M was still like kind of on an upward trajectory. They weren't in the SEC yet, um, and they were still kind of on in the midst of the Mike Sherman era. But that was there were points of that Mike Sherman era where people thought, oh, he, he's gonna you know take them to national prominence or at least on the verge of that. Um, yeah, it's kind of wild to see how there's kind of you know. A lot of teams are in limbo right Right. now. (laughs) Well, I mean, obviously we've talked about extensively how there's kind of a bottom four at the the bottom of the state right now, you know, with with Mm -hmm. obviously UTSA, UTEP, Rice, and and, uh, 
Texas State, you know, th- that have kind of been the teams that are struggling to move above that group. Now, I do think I do mm-hmm. think in 2020, 2021, 2022, like UTEP, I'm very concerned about, obviously. I do expect Texas right. State to leave that group. I do expect Rice to start leaving that group. I do expect, you know, uh, Texas State to, to have a chance to leave that group. Like, I, I do think that in two years, hopefully, you know, Hopefully none of them are sort of in that bottom five nationally conversation. But I think that that other right. than UTEP, those other three teams have a pretty good chance to not be there. Uh, no, no, again, you also have to see the flip side. You know, UNT has to stay out of that group. Houston has to stay out of this free fall that they're in. Like, you know, there's a lot of work left to do. I mean, I, I have faith in Texas Tech. Obviously, we're not talking about them as a bottom to nationally program, but like, you know, to break mm-hmm. out of that that free fall that they've kind of been in. So, uh, look. People always ask us, you know, <laughs> when, when you cover the state like this, like, what are your favorite teams? Who do you like to watch? Man, I just want everybody to be good because it makes my job a right. whole lot more interesting. <laughs> it's so much more interesting to talk about, like, oh, which one's the best? Right. And, you know, you just kind of like, it's, it's that's so much more fun than just like, okay, well, we got four that are trash <laughs> and two that are kind of good right, and right. a bunch of people in the middle. <laughs> right. So, uh, look, I, I think we believe in a lot of the coaches that we've got in the state right now, but we got to we gotta start seeing this yeah. moving forward. Okay. Last thing I wanted to talk about before we go. Uh, so, do you have any recommendations? What what have you been watching? What have you been reading since, uh, since you've been on quarantine? So, I have been... I binged all of High Fidelity on Yohan Hulu. How was that? Um, which is Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz's new show, um, which is a remake of a 1990s John Cusack movie about a record store owner. They did kind of did a gender swap. Um, and it's broken up into, I think, eight episode series on Hulu. Uh, really solid. Um, the ending kind of frustrated me. But if you're into music, if you're into just record collecting and all that, so it's it's a really cool uh, uh, format. They break the fourth wall a bunch and she kind of talks to the audience and she's really great in it. Um, but yeah, I binged through all of that. And I actually read uh, a graphic novel, uh, Saga, which is by, I'm trying to figure it, uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, which is a sci-fi graphic novel um, about a, two warring races. There's kind of a Romeo and Juliet element. Um, uh, two warring races have two individuals from them who um, uh, have a baby together, and they're on the run in the midst of the war. Um, and so it's just a bunch of, like... Uh, it's action, action-packed, romance, all that stuff, but it's really cool, kind of tale, uh, tale of two star-crossed lovers. That's awesome, kind of thing. So. That's awesome. Yeah. What about yeah. You? So, like I mentioned, we started this as us. Uh, only, only ten episodes in so far, but it's it's been really good so far. Uh, we, our sort of casual show that we like to watch over here is Brooklyn Nine Nine. We we hadn't seen it all the way through. Okay, nice. Uh, it, it's a solid, yeah. solid show. So now we're officially caught up. So we'll actually, I guess, get to watch the new episodes as they come out. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've I've been pretty happy with how much I've been able to read. You know, I never have time to do that usually. So uh, right now I'm reading The Perfect Pass, which is about um, which is about Hal Mummy and Mike Leach and basically how they created the air raid. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. I, I think the author's name is H.G. Gwynn. He's, uh, I think he, like, freelanced for the New York Times. I, I think that's right. But but the book is called The Perfect Pass. Uh, you know, what's funny. I didn't realize, I guess, how much connection that 
uh, that Mummy had to Texas. Like, I knew that he had ties, but I didn't realize that, like, mm-hmm. he was in Texas basically until he went to Iowa Western. Or uh, Iowa Wesleyan, sorry. Mm. Um, you know, because I was yeah. most familiar with him from Iowa Wesleyan, Kentucky, you know, Valdosta, like, all those places. I, I didn't realize that right. uh, that he was a Texan sort of through and through. He's a sec- Central Texas guy. So lots of Texas connections there. Uh, the other one that I read was, uh, I can't even remember the full name. It's a long name. It, it's a book about political participation, basically, by this guy named Eton. Hurt. Okay. It, it's really good. Uh, it helps me feel a little bit like, oh, okay, maybe there are some things I can do while all this sort of goes to hell. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's it's a good read. I definitely recommend it. Cool. Nice. And uh, the, I've been playing a bunch of Animal Crossing too. So. <laughs> Man, I. So I haven't had video games for a long time. Like, my parents didn't yeah. like us having them growing up, which kind of resents a little bit now uh <laughs> you know i just never got it got it in college and like now that i'm i don't know now that i'm an adult and like you know i'm married you know the wife's like do you really want to start now like is this really the right time which i'm like we're quarantined i feel like that's fair i was about to say it's, <laughs> this might not be a better time <laughs> but uh so far sort of sticking away from it now look when we get through sort of a major major magazine stuff which is a fascinating thing to be dealing with right now you know, I know maybe seriously. i can make a better case for it if we're still quarantined which hopefully we will not be but uh but you know right now uh, right now i'm just having to watch everybody else tweet about playing animal crossing <laughs> it's a fun time man it's a fun time to get away i can i can go to a a little world that's not this one (laughs) awesome well hey everybody thank you so much for joining us we hope you enjoyed it Uh, as always if you aren't uh if you aren't subscribed textfootball.com slash subscribe it really helps us out and i'll tell you what um you know not not to get a little too real about it but our subscribers are really the thing that's kind of helping us carry through this really tough patch for us. I mean, it's it's really a big deal for us to, to be able to kind of have that guaranteed subscriber reading and, and all that sort of stuff. So if you if you like our stuff, if you like our magazine, if you really want to get a copy, uh, please, please. I can't tell you how much it helps us to, to have you as a subscriber. Textfootball.com slash subscribe. Uh, as always, you can find all of our work at textfootball.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Text Football. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF-ish. Anything else? Uh, let's see, TexasBasketball.com, we just put up our uh, end-of-season awards for men's and women's basketball. Uh, D3 will be coming soon, um, probably the end of this week or early next week. We'll have our D3 awards as well. Awesome. Well, let's do it. All right, Ish, talk to you again next week.